feel like I'm like an Ohio State quarterback now with the clap. Welcome back, everyone, to another <laughs> episode of TN It Up. Uh, I am your host, Connor Z. Uh, here, as always, with my co-host on a fine Tuesday evening while we're recording this Wednesday for you guys listening to it. Um, I'll introduce my co-host. How's it going, man? I'm doing pretty well. Um, enjoyed. I had a nice little four day weekend with my uh, kind of felt really felt really well with my uh, non working Fridays. So well, uh, this was this was a long time but throughout Martin Luther King. I didn't really know it was a four day weekend for me at the time, but uh, went down to Jacksonville to um, see a, see a friend. Uh, we had a lot of fun. Um, ended up going to the Jacksonville Jaguars L.A. Chargers game. It was a great game to be. We'll get into yeah, it. We'll get lots. into it. Oh, we will get into it. There was a lot of a uh, lot of stuff to talk about on the field, off the field. I was stirring up. I was causing some commotion because that's who I am. But had a lot of fun down there. Had a nice little bar crawl the day after, and then uh, had yet another little fiasco with travel. Our flight got mm. delayed on Monday, and then we missed our connection, or we would have had to miss our connection. So they rebooked us from and gave us an extra flight, which was great. But what are you gonna do? Um, that's just the curse. Yeah, so you're 0 for 2 in, what's that, less than a month with travel now yeah, on these planes. And, yes, and I'm going to Baltimore for work on Sunday, so I'm hoping that like we get one right finally. But yeah, you would see. hope the one on the company is the one that they can actually get right. But Yeah, we'll see. Actually, um, you would probably want it to not be that way, so you get to miss work since it's company time. Eh, I but mean, it's going to work out, so that's the only one that actually like is on time and gets you to point A and point B is scheduled. We'll be there. It's fine. Um, what about you? How, how have you been? How What have you been up to? How's school? How's the workload? Pretty good. I uh, get in the swing of things. Week two now uh, started today for my new semester. Um yeah, it's just uh, with law school, it's, it is really super individualized to the professor, even more so than an undergrad. So it's just kind of learning um, how they're going to teach, how they cool call, how they run a classroom, how they think, um, just getting used to that. Um, yeah, that's about it. Uh, it hasn't been too bad, luckily, with the three-day weekend. I didn't really do a ton. I watched most of the football action, fortunately. Uh, got ahead on some reading for this week. Uh, so that's really all I've been up to is school and watching the good old game of American football that sucks in many Americans uh, on Saturdays and well Sundays and now Saturdays. Um, so excited to talk about that uh, before we get into the football and there's going to be lots to talk about if you're a football fan. Um, don't go away. Uh, this is just a short, short stray away from the football talk is we wanted to keep it a little local since the Lions are done now. We don't have any other Detroit stuff really to talk about with kind of uh, the Red Wings falling to mediocrity uh, and the Pistons well, well below mediocrity. Um, really the only team worth mentioning. I mean, we don't Are talk about, mentioning? yeah, we don't talk about the team in Ann Arbor. Um, we are going to talk about the team in East Lansing, Michigan state. Uh, since the last time we talked, I believe it was during the Wisconsin game. So yes, a nice good comeback. Yep. Comeback yep. win against Wisconsin on the road, and then a uh, a tough, frustrating loss on Friday night after you uh, basically led for 35 of the 40 minutes of that game. Uh, and then, of course, yesterday, the matinee on Martin Luther King Day uh, against Purdue, a great back-and-forth game that was awesome to watch. Um, 
A little frustrating, though. One and two week. Uh, it was a week that after the Wisconsin game, you kind of thought that Michigan State was going to maybe have a chance to get back in the rankings. They'd won seven in a row, uh, a couple good Big Ten wins with Michigan and Wisconsin, uh, everything looking all fine and dandy. And then you go to a tough, tough Illinois team, not a great Illinois team, but a tough Illinois team on the road. You lead again for uh, the vast majority of that game. Uh, Malik Hall gets hurt. Uh, and you lose the basketball game. So yep. I'll kind of segue there with anything you got uh, yeah. opening um, on Michigan State. The Wisconsin game was um, Wisconsin game was nice, um, kind of a stereotypical Wisconsin-Michigan State game back and forth. Um, I, I felt like the crowd at the Kohl Center was kind of incredibly weak, which is really odd because that's usually one of the maybe – three or four hardest places to play in the Big Ten. Um, they usually have a great crowd, and it, it kind of felt incredibly dead. Um, and I'll kind of get into something that I want to – that we talk about another time if you want to go in, in deep with it. But um, Illinois game, um, very, very annoying, very frustrating, like you said. Um, losing Malik Hall, probably your best all-around player. Um we thought, oh, whatever. Uh, if I remember, because he kind of like walked off the floor, so you're like, oh, whatever. Right? Yeah, it wasn't really something that I noted in the back of my head. And then Monday, when the tweets came out that he was going to be out for a while, and then obviously on the pregame they mentioned it a lot against Purdue, um, I was like, oh, I didn't really realize that it could have been that serious. I, I, read a, I read a rumor that it's a stress, fra- stress fracture and he's done for the year. Um, yeah, I could see well, it. It's the same foot. Yeah, barring some late tournament run, which let's see if they even get to the tournament without their best player. But yeah, I mean, we can get into how it's going to go. But uh, uh, could you know to make a really bad situation a good situation? Maybe this means he stays for a fifth year. I I, I do agree with that. I think that maybe will. Um, I, I didn't I didn't really think Lee Hall was some pro or first round pick beforehand, but maybe this does give them the motivation to come back. Um, you got a great recruiting class coming. You can kind of be that, that alpha mentor. Um, right. He's a good player. He would be a starter even with a yeah. good recruiting class. Yeah. Like he'd be a, definitely a leader. He seems like he's a leader on this year's team. Yeah. Um, um, even when he hasn't played. Yeah. It's tough. Um, I mean, that'll be that, that you're almost kind of looking at a Josh Langford situation where he missed two and a half years of basketball on the same injury. Um, hopefully it's, hopefully it's not that serious. Um, would love to see Malik Hall play again. Like we said, he is probably our best all around player. Um, yeah. In terms of the Illinois game specifically, there's not really too much. We could get into the Purdue one a little bit more because I think that one pertained more. Um, I kind of thought that we would get kind of blown out by Purdue without Malik Hall, but they played really well. Back and forth. Um, Great game. The Breslin crowd was is awesome. Electric made me kind of miss the glory days. Not that I went to many basketball games, but um, I guess what I would highlight is Zach Eady is yeah. such a little bitch. I mean, he's a little. big bitch. He's a big little. bitch. What is he? Seven four, seven five, seven four. I mean, it's absurd. I remember I was sitting there and I'm watching. Um, when the camera's not really zoomed in, was kind of you know how when like when they're cutting to commercial, they're coming back from commercial. It's a little bit farther out. You see a little bit more of the crowd too. They they showed it was Madi Sissoko tr- kind of like draped up, getting ready for the play. 
Mahdi's at the numbers. He's at the yeah. numbers of his jersey. And it's like, what are you supposed to do? He's a full head taller than him. I think Sissoko's listed at like 6'9", six, 6'10". Six, I think he's 6'10". But that was just absurd. Um, yeah, and, and they didn't really have an answer for him is the problem. I mean, it, it was almost a good strategy, though, that they had. And uh, Foster Lawyer's little brother got hot in the second half, and that's kind of the main reason I think we lost is even though Edie had the 30 points um, and was really good, like, in net, like they did an okay job with him or they did a good enough job clamping. They basically said, it's going to be Zach Eady that beats me and no one else. And yep. it was like, well, Zach Eady's going to have to, is Zach Eady going to score 60 points by himself? Probably not, which actually worked out. It's why they only scored 63 on us, which is a relatively fair number for how good of a team they actually are. Um, so that was my, like, I wasn't like crazy, like, oh my God, like Edie again and again. And yeah, he dominated at times, but like, like I said, it, it was all around, I thought actually a good strategy for something I usually am frustrated with Izzo, at least in the recent years. No, I, I actually do like that analogy where you bring in where it's like, you know what, Zach Edie, you are you, there's not really anything we can do to stop you, but we'll stop your teammates and... If, unless you want to go drop some college Wilt Chamberlain numbers on us yeah. and score 50, which nobody does because it's college, then we'll have a chance. And you're, you're right. they The game plan worked. Um, Fletcher Lawyer woke up, got him some buckets. And um, that last play where, uh, where Edie kind of laid it in, though, again, I, I don't want to get annoyed by it, but it was just kind of funny because – Oh, the there's nothing basket. he could do. Yeah. yeah, he just like he took four steps, and I I remember watching it. He put his arms in here. He didn't even really jump. His arms were at the rim. Yeah, he's probably nine feet tall, just standing there straight up, and it's like, well, what? And so, you know, he dropped the bucket. We we had a shot at the end. Uh, I think Tyson Walker, who also had a hot hand, I think he dropped thirty, didn't he? He had thirty. Yeah, thirty even. I think thirty-two. I think he. Yeah. I mean, he would just did not miss in the second half. Yeah, there, Tyson but, Walker uh, had a great had a great game. Uh, he got he got a look. It wasn't the cleanest look, but it was still a makeable shot. Yeah. Didn't go in. He's off balance. It is what it is. Again, like you said, Purdue's a phenomenal team, number two team in the country for a reason. Sixteen or seventeen and one for a reason, and it's just tough. Um, they got Rutgers on Thursday. Um, yeah. I think that's one of those where you're starting to look around and it's like. You, we, do we want to talk tournament run or tournament possibilities here? Yeah, it's it's uh, yeah, we can. I mean, they said at twelve and six, you play a very good Rutgers team at home. You play a very good Indiana team on the road on Sunday. Uh, you play a per, Iowa team that's looked better as the season's gone on, and then you play Purdue again. So I mean, you look at the next two weeks too. Um, it's four. I mean, I. I think they've proven they can beat anybody in the Big Ten, but it's also four very losable games. Yep. Um, And I think if you have – I do think this is a tournament team without a doubt. I think they've proven that even in their losses. Um, And they've done most of this year without Malik Hall. That's true. It's not like – It's not too like, oh, my God, like you were 12-6 and with Malik Hall. You're screwed. No, Malik Hall's played four four of the 18 games this year. Yeah, that's fair. Maybe I'm I'm overreacting, but – I think I'm kind of looking at those next four games in the month of January. Um, I would probably set it at you would hope for two and two or better. Um, yeah, one and I three. Think you got to go three and one. 
I think two and two get. I think two and two keeps you on track for the turn. But I think obviously three and one's ideal. I mean four and zero oh is ideal, but that's right. probably not realistic. Um, I think you really have to avoid one and three, and I would especially say the Rutgers game because I think that kind of sets your tempo. If you lose, if you lose the Rutgers game, I think you walk into Assembly Hall and that crowd oh. will probably be rocking. That's yeah. an issue, and then you're left with Iowa and Purdue. So, hoping, I mean, hoping for three and one. We'll do with two and two. We'll see what happens at one and three. Um, and as know, far it's... as like a, as far as like a technical standpoint or actual ball standpoint, as they say, um, the actual tournament run, I think, is pretty clear. This this team is based on their two guards in Hogard and Walker. Yep. Uh, we kind of go as they go. You know, Hogard has kind of been the floor general and has made more shots as the season's gone on. He also had a great game against Purdue. I think he had 14 and like seven assists. Uh, And then it's, I hate to say it, but down low, your only threat is uh, Joey Hauser. And he's been better the last week, the three games this past week, um, at actually scoring some baskets around the bucket. Mm -hmm. bucket. Uh, He's going to need to be able to do, it doesn't have to be, you know, 10, 12, 14 points inside the paint. It's got to be, you know, six, eight. It's got to be something to where you got to be, you, you, you can't just rely on it. It's kind of the strategy I described with Edie and that teams are going to start to go, okay, well, the, it kind of runs through the two guards. So let's not put any pressure down low. Let's just take them out of the game. If we could do that, we have a good chance of winning. Um, so it's got to be enough down low from Hauser specifically, because it's not going to come from Sissoko. Um, to where there is some kind of an inside threat that opens up things for the two guards. And I also would like to see Jaden Akins do a little more offensively, personally. Yeah, J- I, Jaden Akins is a player I've had a lot of hope for. Um, I kind of thought, um, seeing some flashes of him of the, the recent season, dropping some threes, that had some athleticism. Um, I think one thing you mentioned with uh, Hogard, you mentioned the assists. I also want to mention the turnovers. Yes. He's someone where we've in the past kind of said, hey, you're a little lackadaisical. You look like you're playing a little sloppy. But he's had that. That's been very, it's been minimized the last couple of games. I think I was looking at the assist to turnover ratios better than it's ever been. And that's contributed to his play. Um, mm-hmm. Again, he's still he's phenomenal around the bucket. Kind of reminds me of Cassius Winston. He always gets yeah. to his spot, even though maybe he's not the most explosive guy on the court. He just knows how to work you so well. Um, yeah, you said we'll go as they go. Um, kind of in typical Michigan State fashion, got to limit the turnovers because that's something we always have. Make your free throws, and maybe there's maybe there's something down the down the road that can be built on. And maybe there's a maybe there's a typical Tom Izzo run because I feel like over the last. 10, 12 years, Michigan State teams are when you think they're going to be phenomenal, they don't do anything. And when you're like, well, this is a seven seed, they end up in the final four, like in 2015. Yeah, it's weird. And I looked at last year's team, too, because it was kind of a similar situation um, that you're kind of saying. And for some reason, and I think we talked about this last time, and it was mostly because of, like I said last time, that super putrid February where they lost like five or six in a row or something like that or four or five in a row um, that maybe that's where my bias comes from, but I really am much more confident and I don't know why I don't really think they're any more talented or better than last year's team, but I have a lot more confidence in this team for some reason. I think it's because uh, they're a better shooting team. Tyson Walker didn't shoot the ball all last year. 
Christie was supposed to be this great shooter. Never really, I can't even think of a game where he went off for like a 25 burger or something. Gabe Brown at the end of the year came into his own with the three. But other than that, maybe it's the shooting. Um, Cause both, I mean, we, Hogard piss poor from three, but as far as like a deep two or anything like that, him and Walker are both money. Um, so maybe I have a little more faith in that we can hit jump shots a little better than last year, but yep. uh, I don't know. I, I got a little more confidence, but we'll see. Yeah, long season. Yeah. Long season. Let's, uh, let's leave that college basketball for later. Maybe we kind of check back in 10 minutes, an episode, um, see how the previous week's games went, see what's new, but let's get into the, the big story. The super big wild card weekend is the NFL likes to call it now where they're so greedy that they can't just have one day. They can't just have two days. They need to have three days. Yeah. 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 They really just, they sucker you on that Monday now too. They, they're like, how can we make this more profitable? No, Let's throw the Cowboys and the Bucks on a Monday holiday night where people will act like it's their Sunday. Yeah. No, they, it's phenomenal what kind of stronghold the NFL has over like the American public, but um, in terms of the entertainment business, um, in terms of the games, do we want to just go chronologically from Saturday to Monday? Um, yeah, I I think it's appropriate to start with this the in chronologically, um, a because the first game is really the only one other than Monday night, um, that wasn't a crazy wasn't a crazy game to be honest. Games two through five all kind of delivered. And oh, hit. yeah. Um, this one actually was also kind of uh, – the score may not have said otherwise, but it was a close game it, in the second a, half. Yeah, it was a close game in the first half. I think um, – if I, I don't remember the exact score. Seattle was definitely in at halftime, though, and then I feel, I feel like San, uh, San, I say San Diego. They don't exist anymore. Um, San Francisco ended on like a 25 to like six run or some absurd stuff like that. Um, just kind of – typical 49er stuff it's just they play such a bully ball front runner style of football where if you get behind them and you're chasing you're screwed because they're just going to run over you McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell are just like walking five to six yards per carry type players and there's nothing you can do about it um Debo Samuel back healthy I know I don't think he had the greatest game um and he's kind of had a injury plague season and not exactly following up on what he did last year. But Ayuk, Kittle, Debo Samuel, that's just the offense is the offense is a juggernaut and the defense is right there with him, if not ahead of him in terms of their standards by set by the league. So never really any other doubts. It was the only thing that was disappointing, I think, from our end was it could have been us. We could have been playing that game. Not that we fare any better, but. Yeah, uh, a couple of notes is this game was close because Brock Purdy looked like Mr. Irrelevant in the first half. He missed a lot of throws very badly and was not good in the first half. And he calmed himself down. I don't know if Kyle Shanahan gave him the, the Russian gas or what, but uh, they gave him the, he gave him the Heimlich, as they say, and he looked much better in the second half. It's to the point where, like, I know he's playing in the best system and I know it's like made for anyone kind of thing, but like he's playing good and he's continued to play good despite, like I said, he made some awful passes in the first half. Yep. Um, and then on the other side for me is uh, the Seahawks, a season where you didn't expect to get there. I think you're pretty, I think even that performance and just making the playoffs for a Seahawks fan, that's an A season for what the oh, expectation yeah. was. 
and as far as moving forward, I think Geno Smith comes back. I think. I mean, so I've seen some crazy stuff. It's like, well, let's trade Geno Smith for Lamar Jackson. And I'm just like, stop. Yeah. Like, I, I I don't know. It's it's just one of those things where the NFL analysts or the, 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 the media get bored on like a Tuesday and they're like, they start coming up with stupid storylines. I've seen Justin Fields for Lamar Jackson trades. I've seen a bunch of crazy stuff that just maybe it happens, maybe it doesn't, but it seems like they're trying to kill time. Um, but yeah, I think you have to bring Geno Smith back. Um, I mean, you have the Denver pick, which I think is at four, right? Five. 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 Okay. So you have the Denver pick at five. You're probably looking at no Bryce Young, no CJ Stroud. So, I mean, if you wanted to take a leap with a developmental guy like Will Levis, have him sit for a year behind a pro. I mean, I don't want to say a pro like Geno Smith because he was a pro this year. He was a pro this year. I don't know what, um, but if, if you want to have him sit behind Geno Smith for a year, kind of do a Patrick Mahomes, if you feel like you have the uh, kind of the, the infrastructure there for sustained success, maybe you do. If you don't, maybe you take a defender and with your first round pick, you take a quarterback, whoever slides. Maybe Anthony Richardson's still there because like that's the true. Who knows what's going to happen with him? Project. Um, yeah, project, obviously, but I think he's one of the most fascinating players in the draft. Um, we'll get we'll get there. We have time um, for that, but. It'll be interesting. Um, yeah, good season for him, but it, it was always going to come to an end against uh, just a, a, a objectively better team. Yeah. Uh, the nightcap uh, was something. So I'm going to make my only real comment as someone who actually, actually, I have to admit, I watched the most of the first half and unfortunately uh, gave up on the second half. My parents had some friends over. Um, and I was more, we were more just like having drinks in a different room. And I kind of just flipped it. I kind of just popped my head in the room for the game to be over. Like right when I popped my head into the room, um, man, was that the worst announcing broadcast uh, I've heard in a while. You would have thought that we were watching Lions Texans preseason game number two in late august was there not, just no 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 energy no anything no or? energy and it was it was al michaels and uh tony dungy oh well, who, al michaels is practically retired so al michaels has sold his soul to retirement and tony dungy could be the most boring person in the history of sports television he brings literally nothing and has sat at that nbc panel for years now probably over a decade now yeah um but yeah, they were horrible. It was a horrible call. I, I, Google it if you if you get some time tonight. Um, that'll be my comments. I want to hear from someone that was actually actually at the game how the actual game went. So yeah, the the game was phenomenal. Um, like I said, it worked out perfectly. We bought we bought our tickets. I think it was Thursday morning. Um, we kind of tracked the prices throughout the week, and then we we're like, hey, this is below what we consider we'd pay for two teams that we don't care about. Um, the, um, the game itself, um, on the extracurricular side, um, I was assaulted by a, uh, a goober. Um, no, that's not how, really how it went per se. I was, uh, I, I did not get into a fight, but I did have a punch thrown at me. Um, I was taunting all of Jacksonville. 
as their team was falling apart and it was glorious. Um, was it intentional? It, was it an act that was an intentional infliction of I mean, an apprehension? Yes, of he, a assaulted battery? Me. he assaulted okay. me. Yes, I know. I know you're a law school guy. Um, yeah, so he, the, the guy in front of me, I'm not, so first of all, I guess he's got, he had the coolest mustache ever. Cause like, you know how like some guys have like the mustache that comes away from their actual face and it's like mm-hmm. curled at the ends. It was like that. It was so oh, cool. wow. Like, I, I wish I could grow facial hair like that, but, um, so what do you think, what do you think the maintenance on it? Like, do you think he has to put like hair gel in that? To keep I, it stiff like I don't that? know. And I don't really care. Um, yeah. just a thought, <laughs> not the, not the point. Um, yeah. so uh, that game as it was going on, I know uh, I was texting you. I was texting some friends, and I was also I was also texting the stadium with my voice. I was like, "Hey man, Justin Fields would not have missed that pass. Hey man, <laughs> Justin Fields would have taken off and run. Hey, um, I had some uh, I had some nice witty comments at one point. Uh, I think I asked if Calvin Ridley could play, <laughs> just because it was I thought it'd be funny. Um, yeah. The, the the comment that really set him over the edge, and he did he did talk to me once. He was like, "Hey man, like we got to keep the positive energy, we got to keep going." I'm like, "Dude, it's like 27 to nothing. Let's let's breathe a little bit." Um, <laughs> and I, what set him over the edge was uh, I think it was a it was a pass play, um, clean pocket, and I was like, "If Trayvon Walker was as good as Aiden Hutchinson, maybe the Jags would be winning." And he just turned around, closed his fist, and just threw a punch at me. Um, connected with the chest, so no damage. Uh, but it was it was hilarious. Um, was it like a punch to do harm, or just kind of a punch to get you to shut up? I would probably say in between. Um, like okay. it's not like he like wound up and it maybe it was more of like, a jab, but like and would have like actually tried to hit you in the yeah, head, probably. Yeah. If yeah, if he he would beat the fuck out of me if he wanted to. Um, but there was four of us, so I think we had the numbers game. We could have uh, we could have held our own. We also had the high ground as uh as Obi-Wan Kenobi would say. Um, but it's all by Anakin. Yeah. Um, no, that's, I'm glad you get the reference. Um, maybe some people won't. But the the game itself, complete uh, complete game of two halves. Um, it's that kind of that classic, um, the only thing prevent defense does is prevent you from winning. Uh, the Chargers spent the entire second half in soft cover two trying to prevent the big play. And the... The Jaguars just ran crossing routes underneath and abused them for 15 yards of play. Um, tick, 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 right. touchdown, run it back and do it again. Um, it helps, though, I will interject here. It helps when you only run the ball when you're up 27 points in the first half. You only run it seven times in the second half. Yeah, no. Um, That's the, ridiculous. The, no, the Chargers collapse was was hilarious. Um there was uh the, the as the game was kind of going on i know it was uh it was just it was crazy um it almost kind of feels like a blur at this point no uh, especially kind of that fourth quarter cuz you're just sitting there and you're with the energy like we kept the positive we kept the positive energy as the guy as the guy told me to uh, we were vibing um there were a couple of chargers fans behind us who got very quiet very quickly as that game went on mm. and they eventually uh, left as soon as that ball was kicked and they heard the noise. I don't even think they saw it go through the posts. Um, but I will say top fan bases wise chargers for those fans in that stands, they have it arguably pretty close to worse as anyone else, even the lions. What do you mean? 
I mean, if you were a San Diego Chargers fan and you dealt with all these years of like, like oh. Phil, a, a legit franchise quarterback in French and Philip Rivers, like LT, like so many like good players have come in and out of these like that organization to just go seven and nine. Eight and eight, nine and seven, six and ten, eight and eight, seven and nine on repeat, and have all these just flukes in the playoffs in the first round every year. I haven't; they never made it past the first round in our lives that I know of. No, um, I think uh, I think they played in the AFC title game in like two thousand six, so they were like fourteen and okay. two, and then they just got stomped. Or it might have been oh seven. I know. I think they did play an AFC title game and they got stopped by whoever was there. It might have been the Steelers or something, but but no, they ju- they went up and left your city to just still be just yeah. Them. That's I know there's a lot of salt there. Um, they went and not only that they went to a place where nobody cares about them because nobody right. cares about football in LA. But no, I guess the one thing that I get the that comes to mind for me is uh, Justin Herbert. Um, it's it's interesting because uh you had the massive debate of, Oh my God, like how much of this is on him being an, being a fraud and how much of it is, Oh, well, he didn't give up the points. And I guess the only thing I'll ever say is everyone loves to say that Matt Ryan is a choker for losing 28 to three and how Matt Ryan sucks and this and that no one wanted to say anything bad about Justin Herbert or there or there, I guess it was 50, 50 split, but I think it's one of those where if you're gonna, you got, you got to keep the energy. If somebody's a, a serial choker and if someone sucks for blowing a game, you have to do the exact same thing when somebody else does it. Yeah, and fortunately for Herbert, I think Staley takes a lot of that off in that he uh, he had pretty much two of the worst weeks a head coach can ever have. Yep. Get uh, your... it's like it doesn't get any worse between what he, what happened week eighteen and this. You know, obviously this week. But... Yeah, get Mike Williams injured. Um, right. Hey, at least he got Mike Williams some time off after that. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, and then what that that whole thing was crazy. Um some of their decisions were odd. Um but at the same time, I will say um yeah, you have to yeah, it's the same thing as always. Can't score 27 points in one half and 3 points in the other. Um can't can't be unable to move the ball unless you get a turnover. That was I think also one of the other things is Basically every or everything bar three points that they score that entire game was off turnover. So you got to mm. sometimes you got to move the ball from the fifteen and not from the forty. Um, right. It was it was incredible. Um, but yeah, you, you mentioned it. How are you not running that clock out? How are you not playing to Austin Eckler's strength, who's probably your best playmaker, your best actual like non quarterback player? Um, no, colossal fluke. Um, very on brand for the Chargers. Justin Herbert's a fraud. <laughs> closing closing arguments before we move to Sunday's games. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, it's a tough blow. It's great for the Jaguars, but like, you're not going to be able to throw four interceptions against the Chiefs. So I don't know how much confidence I have in them moving forward here. Yeah, no. that's it. That's all yeah, I got. Let's, let's go to Sunday. Sunday started with the first of three. Um, yeah, I, 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 all three of these games on Sunday kind of hit, to be honest. Great, uh, great. We had a 34-31 and probably, although the result was expected, probably the most surprising uh, game, I think, for most people in the uh, 
Teddy Bridgewater, Tua Tonga Dolphins with Skylar Thompson. I believe he was one pick before Mr. Irrelevant. Yeah. Uh, putting up 31 on the Bills, coming back down 17 nothing in the first half. Um, and then ultimately the Bills just were kind of the better team and pushed through, uh, won this game 34-31. Uh, your thoughts on this one? So – I didn't get to see a lot of these Sunday games. Uh, we were kind of, like I said, we went on we went on a bar crawl for a, for a buddy's birthday, and so I was I was always watching while I could, but uh, there was it was kind of spotty. Um, on the Dolphins side, I mean, I don't want to sit here and say great character because you lost the football game. Who cares about your character? But coming back down from seventeen nothing is great, even if you're aided by Josh Allen interceptions. Um, I mean, the Dolphins are in a place where I think they can be kind of happy with where they're going. I think they – I don't know if they have their pick this year because I know they traded for Bradley Chubb, but they might have had two from a previous trading back. Um, yeah, not that that really matters. They're Again, they're, they're in a good place going forward. Uh, whether two is your quarterback or whether you're making a move for Brady or Derek Carr or whatever happens, um, they're certainly, they're certainly kind of on the rise and they'll be – I don't want to say a force because I think they're always going to be a wild card team given how good the Bills are. I think it'll be tough to kind of pip them for the division, but they're always going to be a team that you don't want to see in the playoffs. Um, on the Bills side, I think, uh, I mean, phenomenal game. I guess the only thing I'd say is Josh Allen's turnovers are kind of continuing. Um, and when you start playing against the teams who can consistently score, can't do that. Yeah, I, uh, great point because probably my hottest take from I think where everyone else has the Bills, and I've kind of had it in the back of my head the whole year. Um, I knew they were good. I knew they'd be a playoff team just like everyone else. Um, but I don't know if I was ever ready to declare them kind of the, the Super Bowl champion that everyone has for kind of the last like six months it's felt like. Uh I have serious doubts that this team can get out of the AFC. Serious doubts. They turn the ball over way too much. The defense. They've lost some pieces. I'm pretty sure Von Miller's done for the Von year. Miller's done. That's a uh, huge loss. They don't get any pass rush without him. From like the, the defense continues to kind of just not be horrible, but just be flat. Just be it's flat. Not the, it's not the defense that played the first ten weeks of the season. I think is a good way of putting it. Um, again, right. the injury the injuries hurt. I think I think both starting safeties, Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer, were either out or just coming back this week. I think with Micah Hyde. Um, and it's an interesting matchup next week in that they play a team who will get into their performance on Sunday. Also, kind of was underwhelming. I think uh, in terms of their result. And I think those are honestly, uh, it's obviously the, the kind of the Demar Hamlin rematch game. But I honestly could see this game going either way. I think for some reason, people from what I've kind of gathered are kind of putting off the Bengals for a poor performance, but we're not putting off the Bills for a poor yep. performance. That's and I think, and I think it's kind of something that should be maybe a little leveled out than it is in people's heads. I think I would agree with that. Um, to, to let's just move on to the Bengals game. Um, okay. Actually, no, or do we want to go to the Vikings game? Uh, let's, let's go. Let's quickly go in order here. We were, we were sticking with, yeah, we we're doing a good job. Um, so the giants 
the Giants, my second favorite team, although I bet against them, so I was rooting against them. Yeah, uh, you had a bad cool, week betting. You had a very had a, bad week. We betting. can get into it maybe at the end of the show. I had a horrible week. I went three and fifteen in three days. Uh, yeah, uh, none. Of, I got spreads wise for the games. I didn't get a single one right. So we'll get anyways. into it at the end. But tell me, I mean. This is, uh, this is kind of the game I watched the least. So Yeah, this was actually a super exciting game because it was kind of just back and forth. And I'll be honest, experts are saying this like on the on the Big J TV shows, and I kind of happen to agree it was the best quarterbacking performance uh, of the weekend. Was, I mean, I, Dak Prescott. Are you talking from great. both sides or are you talking from an individual player? I'm talking from an individual player. I, I, I'll, I'll get into Dak Prescott looked pretty good on Monday night. But, uh, Daniel Jones looked awesome in this game and he's had an awesome season kind of under the wraps in a contract year. You, I root for someone that can do this. I think the way I respond personally to pressure, uh, especially when it would be a contract year, when you, this team wasn't even sure if Daniel Jones would be on the team next year. Now he's going to be getting a probably 25 to $30 million per year contract. He will be the long-term quarterback for the giants. Um, whether he necessarily deserves that based off the prior four years, probably not. Can't go uh, against the guy great. who's won you a game, though. Right. He's won you a playoff game. And it was interesting, too, because no team was really in control of this one at all. Like I said, it kind of just went back and forth and it just ended up being the Giants got a stop at the end that the, the Vikings couldn't get. Um, Saquon looked great. Uh, the defense, like I said, got stops when I need to. they needed to. And I, my next hot take is, uh, I think Giants Eagles is a very close game next week. I think a team coming off a bye, a little rusty. This is their third time playing each other. I think uh, the way the offense played, obviously a much better ta- or harder task against the Eagles. But I really think this Giants. And it's surprising too because he's doing this with no receivers. Darius Absolutely Slayton. none. Darius Slayton tried to blow the game with a late drop that would have sealed it, but that's their best receiver right now. Kenny Galladay was on the field for like six snaps. Like he's doing it with nothing right now. And it's, it's, it's impressive. I don't think they beat the Eagles, but I think they give them a better game than most people are giving them. I mean, I can, I can see it. Um, I'd, I'd buy it. The only, I guess the one thing I did want to mention is, uh, I did kind of see the Vikings last drive and, uh, I know there's a lot of people been kind of talking about that Kirk Cousins throw, but what are your thoughts on it? Um, I mean, playoff Kirk, right? Yeah. The one thing I will say, um, I was kind of looking at some some overheads and some other stuff afterwards. Uh, today at work, I was a little bored and had some downtime. And what people kind of failed to see is that uh, there was a Giants player in his face. So his options were throw the ball or take the sack. I guess at least he gave Hawkinson a chance to break a tackle. Um, and it looked like there was some pretty good coverage on the rest of the receivers uh, on, from, from, again, from the overheads. There, I think there might have been a, a very slight chance someone had a step going um, kind of to the far right. Uh, but there wasn't really much there. It was a well-covered play by the Giants. And I guess you're right. It is playoff Kirk. Like at the same time, like, Oh, it's throw a talk and sort of get sacked. I mean, you could always just throw it in the air and make it a hail mary. Um, it, it, it's tough. It is a Kirk Cousins thing. I know there's a lot of Vikings fans who are uh, kind of done with him, um, want to move on. 
But yeah, it's a weird one to me because like he wasn't good enough to win the game, but he also was like far from the reason that they lost, and he was far from the the usual primetime Kirk. I mean, I'll read you off his stats right now. But yeah. 31 for 39, 275 yards, two touchdowns, no turnovers. Yeah, no, yeah, it was a uh, it was a good performance. Um, it was, that game was kind of a who's gonna blink first. Kirk blinked first, and they lost. Um, but I, I don't, I don't think it's, I think it's something where I, I don't think you're gonna cut and say fire him, but I, I don't think you're gonna move on from him because of that one play. But right. I also don't think he's suddenly guaranteed to be back there next year. Yeah, um, and they're in a weird spot because they have a lot of older Kirk Cousins, Adam Thielen, just come to the top of my mind. Harrison they have a lot Smith of in the back teams. end. Yeah, they have a lot. Dalvin Cook, like not a young running back. Like they have a lot of older pieces for a team that has a lot of holes, but like are still too good and and too bad of a division to like throw in the towel. Yeah, to even think about like throwing in the towel. So they're in kind of a weird spot moving forward. I think. Yeah, well, again, well, I think we can we can spend some time in the offseason kind of talk about every team where we think they're going. But let's get to the next game. Let's get to. I don't. I Bengals Ravens. I was gonna say. I was thinking. Would you call that game of the weekend, or would you give it to uh, someone else? Where Where would you go? Game of the weekend. Uh, I would say the Chargers game was probably the game of the okay. weekend. That's fair. Uh, this one to me. I mean, it was twenty four seventeen, but it was really like we talked about, like it kind of being a who blinks first. Uh, in the previous game, this yep. was uh, like who was gonna like look away from just like the absolute rock fest. Like I was trying to think of a better analogy, but I couldn't this, it felt like even more of a rock fest. I mean, it's like I said, 24, 17, the game winning touchdown was a defensive touchdown. Um, it was kind of expected from the Ravens at least, uh, or in a game with the Ravens known yep. for defense. Uh, no Lamar quarterback. Jackson. Yeah. I mean, do you want to talk about the game or should we talk about the Lamar Jackson situation? I guess I just want to say about the game. Um, it's crazy that you had a 14 point swing on one play. Um, right. But yeah, I mean, I mean, outside of that, I don't really have too much to add. I would, I think I want to talk about hypotheticals with Lamar because hypotheticals are kind of useless, but I feel like they probably do win that game if he plays, um, yeah. but it is what it is. Sometimes, and it's sometimes such it a weird out. one. It's such a weird one. Cause like you don't like we don't know as like just these lay people, um, what, how close he was to playing. Like, it, did he actually have a realistic chance? Like, I don't know. It's like one of those things. It's like a lot of like news now. Like you have a lot of set, both sides have their own news stations, and it's like, well, who do I believe? Yeah, what reality? And it's like it's like who do I believe in this situation? Like, I I, I don't. I've heard that he basically was okay and could have played like two weeks ago, and he just is really. They're just so far off on a contract that he's frustrated. Which we could get into that. Like, how are the Ravens not paying this guy, um, or haven't taken care of this situation by now? Even now, I think it's ridiculous that they haven't. Um, I would, but also, I, go ahead. I was gonna say, I, was, I would, I would be down to kind of save this for a later thing. I still, the thing I would say is, I kind of, if yeah. he is actually holding out, I support it. Um, take care of yourself. Make sure that financially you're set up um, sure. the rest of your life. So I, I support it. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I would say I'd take his side as well on that. Um, as a forward for the game, I mean, Bengals offense didn't really look electric. It's their third time playing. The, I'm going to make some excuses. It's their third time playing the Ravens. 
I mean, playoff game, they found a way to win, just like Joe Burrow always does. Doesn't always look like the greatest player sometimes, but he just finds a way to win, even if it's not while he's on the field. It's the Tom Brady thing. Um, yep. He might not have the most athletic gifts. He might not have this or that, but guess what? He's going to beat you, even if it means you beat yourself, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. where he's not on the field. He's just he's just him. Um, right. Let's move so, on go Bengals. To, to Monday game. Um, yeah, storylines from this one, too. Uh, yeah. I would say my only thought for the Cowboys is – Everyone came out to play except for one guy. And that one guy is, is the one who tries to kick it in the uprights. Maher, Maher, however the hell you say it. Brad he, Maher. 0 for 4 I don't, on extra points at one point. I don't think I've ever seen anything like that. I didn't see the fourth one personally. The first three, I think he barely hit the netting on one of the first three. Like They were not close. That's all mental at that point. For a guy yeah. that had only missed three the whole season. Yeah, no, he the, that's actually interesting because he's a pretty reliable kicker. Um, right. I think he statistically is the uh, the most accurate kicker from 60-plus in NFL history or from 50-plus or something. Wow. So he, he's not some he's not some make-a-wish player. Like he's a he's a good kicker. I just I don't know what happened to him. Um in terms of the game, though, you're right. The The Cowboys came out and had a great game. They probably saved Mike McCarthy's job. I think yeah. uh, I think with Sean Payton looming, I think if they lost that game, Jerry Jones would have pulled the trigger and said, I, I want more. I want it now. Um, I think you saved Mike McCarthy's job with that game. Um, it was a phenomenal. Dak Prescott played one of the better games ever. The only thing is you're playing against a team that was dead. Um, That's what but, I was going to say. Yeah, Playing against the – were they 8-9 and nine or 9-8? Nine 8-9. Yeah, you're playing against a team with a losing record. I mean, that I, there's nothing more that needs to be said from that. Um, it's like one of the, like they they look so good, and you want to say, "Wow, this is not the same Cowboys team as every other year." Like, like they like, they're gonna make it to a, at least an NFC title game, maybe. Yeah. Like, I, I have a hard time saying that. Like, you're going into a very tough San Francisco team that I think is the best team in the NFL, personally. I agree um, with that. At you're going all the way to the West Coast, like, and, and to, you look good against a team that was, like you said, dead, not a playoff team. And I just think the Bucks were just playing out bad. I don't think the yep. Cowboys were just really that yep. good. Oh yeah. Um, and I, I listened to Valenny talk about Tom Brady today, um, and it's one of those things where it's like you're you, like we're like okay, like he's gonna go to Tampa. He won, cool, go out. Okay, he wants to play again and get it again, I guess, whatever. That's a little annoying. And then he does it. They have a decent playoff run last year. The Rams end up beating them. Rams win the Super Bowl. Okay, let's call it. And he does the crap this offseason. And then it's all the drama this season with he wants to try and get, uh, what's his face, Bruce Arians back. He doesn't like Todd Bowles. His fan, then the marital stuff. It's an up and down season. They barely make the playoffs. And then now there's like this, like, oh, well, I might come back for this year. I haven't decided yet. It's like, dude, this is, I'm not like, at the beginning of the year, I felt bad that he was having this clear decline that people said, wow, he's 40, he's 41, he's 42, and he's still not declining. Well, it's pretty clear it's there now. And it's to the point now over the last two years where it's like, I don't feel bad. I'm angry and like kind of like like rooting against him and frustrated at like his ego now that like he can't yeah, just, just, call it just it. go away. 
It's, yeah, it's we like it's just, you. We, we don't we don't care anymore. Um, right. Just go away. And it sounds like he might not be going away. It sounds like he's coming back for one more ride somewhere else. So so here's a hypothetical. And I have my answer that I'll share afterwards. Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers, who's more likely to be uh, in a uniform next year? A uniform or what, what type of uniform? A uniform, football. Probably uniform. Tom Brady because he's a maniac. Um, I agree. That, that That's very tough. I mean, I think Rodgers maybe does something similar to Brady where he just plays the, oh, I'm in, I'm out game for a while. Maybe he doesn't officially retire the way Brady did last year. But I, I think maybe they both end up playing. But if, if you told me only one of them was going to do it, I would bet on Brady because I think he's just a deadbeat who happens to be good at playing football. Um, he, he, like, what, like, what more are you doing? I, I do not understand him. And and look, and that craziness that I don't understand is, is the reason why he's the greatest player of all time in, in his right. sport. Because he was never satisfied. He didn't care. He was He would – we talk about throwing punches, throwing tablets. He'd be he'd be in your grill. He'd be yelling. We watch it all the time. Um, he it just, I mean, it just means more to him, and I don't understand it at that age. Maybe the younger age I do, but that's also why I'm an engineer and not an athlete because I did not have that hunger. So, right. But, I mean, he's not good anymore. Like, he's not – he's maybe – Yeah, he's objectively not close. He's objectively not a top 15 quarterback. I th- I, I'd, have, I'd have him somewhere like maybe 14 to 20. Yeah, he's in my just directly average range. He's in right. that. Which is sad, too, because it's like someone will, give, <laughs> someone will give him a contract next year. Even though right. I, it probably won't be the Bucks. But, yeah, they were bad. They were bad this year. They had a little, got a little hot at the end and played in the worst division of football. Um, and the Cowboys kind of exploited and showed why they were in the be- probably the best division in football this year. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, they got three teams playing. Um, yeah. Three NFC East teams playing in the, in wildcard week or, or in the divisional round. That's, that's, that's impressive. Um, I don't really have too much else to add about the playoffs at this point. Um, We'll see. It'll be interesting because uh, I know I'll be watching the Sunday games by myself somewhere in like a hotel in Maryland. So that'll be kind of depressing. <laughs> but what are you going to do um, when work calls? You got to be there. Um, I'm excited to watch the games. I think uh, I think there's some good matchups. And we'll, I guess we'll, I'll, I'm good to kind of leave it here. I, I'm good to just say I'll see you in a week. And Yeah, I don't think uh, – I don't really want to break down the other games. So we had, there's two Saturday, two Sunday again. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll come do you want to just? Do you just want to quickly pick winners? Sure. Um, give me the first matchup. Chiefs Jaguars. Chiefs. Even though Trevor Lawrence has never lost on a Saturday, give me the Chiefs. It's not a Saturday night game though. It's a four thirty game. Doesn't matter. He's never lost on a Saturday. Uh, 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 the spread is Kansas City minus eight and a half. You still are we, like are we playing spreads or are we just playing straight up? Uh, spreads. I want. Uh, well, give me both. Chiefs to win, Jags to cover on some late touchdown to backdoor it, and then they'll they'll miss the onside kick, and then Patrick Mahomes will knee out the clock. Uh, Chiefs, Chiefs. Um, Giants, Eagles. Eagles minus seven and a half. Give me the Eagles 
and give me the Eagles. I know you talked about your logic. I'm going to say Jalen Hurts is another week rested. I know they kind of faltered into the playoffs, but that was with a backup. He, uh, he His shoulder maybe feels a little bit better now, and I think the Giants are going to do that stereotypical thing where they come out flat after an emotional win. And I think the Eagles kind of jump out early, and I think the Eagles take it, and I think the Eagles cover. Okay. Uh, I have Eagles to win, Giants to cover. Uh, Sunday afternoon, Bengals, Bills. Bills minus five. I'll take the Bills to win with the crowd, but I will take the Bengals to cover because I think five points is a lot for a game that probably comes down to some kind of, I think, field goals or some kind of just off not maybe as not not a stereotypical 14-7, 21-14 type of thing. I think we start seeing some wacky scores with two-point conversions and extra points and whatnot. And so like give, me, give me Bills to win, Bengals to cover. Uh, I'm going to take the Bengals to win the game. Ooh. Uh, like I said, I this is my anti-Bills. Maybe I'm just a hater because everyone else is so, like, Bills Mafia, they are electric, they are a good team. Um I think they have holes, and I think uh, the Bengals are going to get them. Yeah. And then right. the final game is the uh, Cowboys at the 49ers. The 49ers are a three-and-a-half point favorite. Give me 49ers, 49ers. I think um, I think the Cowboys are a team where, yes, they just played a great game, but I think they're also maybe because of egos and whatnot. I think they're a team that can kind of uh, – fall apart quickly and I think the 49ers are a team that's built to do that to you they're a team that just gets in your head and you're like well what am I supposed to do when I can't stop them and so I think I don't want to I'm not going to guarantee a runaway but I think of all the games this actually strikes me actually maybe maybe the Jaguars Chiefs um Jaguars same thing with an emotional victory but uh I'll say the 49ers probably have the best chance to blow somebody out um okay I actually think this game will be close uh I do think there is still a bit of a Brock Purdy effect. I'm going to have the Niners to cover. Three and a half is still small enough for me. Um, But I think this ultimately comes down to just uh, Shanahan being a better coach than McCarthy. I could buy it. So, Matt, two good defenses, two pretty good offenses. They're kind of – it almost kind of strikes me like a Michigan-Georgia type thing where the Cowboys are built in a semi-similar manner, good offensive line, good running game great defense but i also just feel like the 49ers are better in every in every facet of the game even like if just, it's by yeah. a little bit i guess outside of quarterback and right. i guess as i say that i'm kind of talking myself out of it's the most important position but let's end <laughs> it because we're starting to ramble <laughs> yeah the rambling session has started which means this episode is over yes um, they, thank you all for making it this far um as always share with those in your life um conroe give you the last word goodbye for me yeah, uh, just continue to watch football, continue to suck the thumb of the NFL, um, and then watch our podcast on Tuesdays and Wednesdays afterwards. So thanks, guys.